Hello, my witchy friends. Welcome to the fifth episodes of Cat's Tea and Witchcraft. If you are new to this podcast, my name is Fauna and I am your host. Today's episode is going to be about the Witch's Pyramid, Elements, and Elementals. I have a feeling that this one's going to be a lot of fun because there's a lot of little details that you guys, at least for me when I was learning, and maybe it's just because I was slowly learning bits of witchcraft before I knew it was witchcraft. And um, it's just kind of the associations and if you are practicing magic and things, that would probably really come in handy for you. So I'm going to just get ready and dive into the meat of the information pretty quickly today. If you were hoping for a little bit of rambling and ranting, you'll probably get a little bit more of that at the end of the podcast. So the first element I am going to go over today is the element of air. The element of air is associated with the east. And the part of the witch's pyramid that is associated with is to know. To know what your goals are is the main goal. You can't properly do magic without knowing your own intentions and goals overall. When doing any sort of magic, you need to be precise and not vague because it can cause some issues. If you are vague when it comes to knowing what you really want, you could probably get really mixed results or results that you were not hoping for or something that could be completely different than what your intention was. Before you do any magic, you need to truly know why you're doing it and what you are doing. So be clear with yourself and be clear with the universe. Oh my gosh, I bet you guys can definitely hear my cat in the background and for my cat family and friends i have a feeling you guys might find that a little bit funny in the rest of this episode and possibly future episodes you'll probably hear my cat in the background a little bit anywho the next element we are going to go over is water water is associated with the west and part of the witch's pyramid that is associated with water in the west is to dare What it means to dare is to actually have the guts to perform your magic and spells. You need to actually want something enough, but you can't just sit around and expect to not put any energy out into the universe doing any spells, any sort of meditations, or putting just any sort of energy out there and expect something to happen. You cannot get results without actions. If you are doing magic and maybe you don't have a lot of time to work on it, you can do little bits of magic every day or you can dedicate larger amount of times during your week if you have that time to feel like you are putting in the time and effort. If only it was as easy as wishing upon a star and thinking it one time and having it happen, you need to help and be that catalyst to get those things to happen. I have seen online and on social media in regards to the amount of time and people looking for quick ways to perform magic and and that's fine. Everyone's practice is a little different. Um, I prefer to sit down and really dedicate a large amount of time to my magic and maybe if I feel like there needs to be an extra boost I'll have little bits added on the days prior or after. So I have a feeling that this might cause a little bit of an argument if anyone brings up the podcast online or reaches out to me. But I don't want you to feel like that if you only have five minutes a day, it's not going to be enough 
but if you want something very large to happen you might need to put a larger amount of energy out and I don't want to discourage anyone from doing magic if they don't have time but just like any sort of studying if you're in high school or college or you're doing self-studies magic in itself is a lifelong dedication and it's not going to be something where you get instant results all the time. There are cases where the universe lets our wishes and our magic kind of bake in this universal oven and it's only going to be ready on the universe's time. And we are just waiting for that timer to go off and present itself to us. So this next one, I feel like it might cause a little bit of confusion for those who are learning and I sometimes still get it a little bit confused. The next one we're going to go over is fire and it is associated with the south and the witch's pyramid that it is associated with is to will. When I was first learning about it and sometimes I really have to revisit what some of the meanings are and if I get these mixed up or confused please let me know because like I said it can be a little confusing. To will is that you need to truly want your spells to work and that you truly want to be doing the magic. Sometimes I get it confused with to dare but when you think about it to dare is to actually preform the magic because sometimes doing magic is a little scary and actually doing the magic is the daring in actually taking the actions. The willingness is you actually wanting to do the spells before you even do the spells which is the daring part. You want to actually do your spell work because if you're only doing magic and spell work because you're like eh it seems kind of cool and if you never did magic it really wouldn't be a big deal to you if you've never done it. That is where your will comes into play. You truly need to want to perform your spells. If you really don't want to do a particular spell or you don't feel like it's the one for you, find a different spell or a different type of magic. You need to have the confidence and then you need to dare and take the step to perform it, but only if you truly want to do it. And then at this point, it comes down to don't do magic if you really don't want to do it and don't waste your energy. You want to save it for something you truly want to do. And say you really do want to do magic but maybe you are just not into mood to do it maybe you are tired maybe you have a cold or maybe you've been drinking a little bit if you are of legal age you do not want to be under the influence or super tired or not feeling well or if you are super mad or super sad about something because that could affect your willingness to do these spells or it could just throw it off because you need to be in a stable mindset to have your magic properly being processed because you don't want to be overly emotional and it could cause it to go a little sideways. Just like when we are doing things in our normal day-to-day -day life, we don't want to make big decisions when we are over emotional. And I do consider spells to be big decisions. The last one I want to go over is the element of earth and it is associated with the north. And the part of the witch's pyramid that is associated with is to be silent. When you do a spell, you probably shouldn't openly talk about the spell with anyone that isn't actively helping you with it. I would say in what I have also been taught, you should not really openly talk about it until you have achieved or received your results. The reason for that is if 
you talk about a spell that you're doing, there is a possibility that once you start speaking about it and what your motives and talking about your actions towards it, it could leave room for you to start doubting its future success. When you start overthinking about something, you start to really overanalyze things and you don't want to put that doubt out there and lessen the strength of your spell. Or if you talk about it with other people, if they are also practicing witchcraft, it opens the opportunity for them to try to counter your spell. The only exceptions I would say for people that you might want to talk about your spells your magic with are friends that you openly and positively communicate with about your magic and friends that you know will cause you no harm or if you work within a coven, you should talk about it with your coven members because if you are in a loving group that is openly supportive, they might actually put energy into it for you, but you don't want to talk about it with anyone or random strangers because that could negatively affect it. So just think of it as if you're blowing the candles out on a birthday cake and you're making a wish to not tell anyone that wish because I know when I grew up, if you told someone your wish, it wouldn't come true. Okay, so I did say I was going to go over a lot more associations when it comes with the elements, but it looks like I jumped right into the witch's pyramid. So I'm going to go backwards and start back with air in the east and I'm going to go over a little bit more of associations with that particular element. The air in the east. Here are a list of things that is associated with it. For colors, air is associated with yellow and sometimes white. The season of the year that is associated is the spring. If you remember what I talked about earlier about air, it is associated with to know. And that also includes thoughts and communication. So if you are working with spells and magic that are strictly working with thoughts and communication, working with air might be what you want to do. The elementals that are associated with air is sylphs or fairies. From what I've learned, they are kind of the same thing, but there are many terms out there that people use for fairies as well. So depending on your practice, those are kind of some creatures or elementals that you might be able to use or find the one that you work with based on your tradition or culture. And for items that you would work with during witchcraft is the wand, which represents air, and incense. The next element was fire, and it works with the south. The color for fire is red. It is associated with the summer. And attached to the witch's pyramid part of to will, if you want to do magic that is working with passion and energy, fire is your element. And the elemental for fire are salamanders. And if you aren't sure what a salamander is, a salamander is a kind of a little lizard. And I think they are quite cute. I think salamanders kind of aren't the dry lizards because I know some lizards aren't like don't go through water and everything so I kind of associate salamanders are being the little bit of the slimy ones or very the little ones you find outside of your homes. I know at least in my part of North America you find little salamanders or little lizards running around your house or the woods or something. And the tool that is associated with fire is the athame. Next was water, and like I said earlier, it is associated with the West. And like water, 
blue is the color and the season that is associated with it is the fall and attached to that as well and to dare if you want to work with dreams emotions or if you choose to do love spells water is your element of choice and like i mentioned in a past episode the chalice is represented with water oh and i almost forgot to mention the elementals associated with water are undines or mermaids um i'm not sure what the difference between the two are but visually i see them as the same thing i guess depending on your tradition you either call them undines or you could probably just call them mermaids and the last one is earth and like i said it is associated with the north the colors are green and brown and it is associated with the winter with the witch's pyramid and to be silent if you want to work with magic particularly with grounding being practical or if you are contemplating something you would want to work with the north or earth the elemental that is associated with earth in the north are gnomes which is my favorite because i am an earth element and the tools that are associated with earth in the north are pentacles salt or dirt Okay, so in the middle of recording this podcast, I kind of went back to do some research because I was thinking about salamanders. And I feel like something that I said about them being lizards wasn't quite true when I was actually thinking about it because the last time I actually learned about salamanders, not in a magical way, was probably in elementary school. So what Google has taught me is that salamanders are not lizards. They are actually amphibians like frogs so you're probably not going to find them running around your house if it is dry um so probably go down to a creek or look under some moist rocks and you might find them which can be a little confusing because they are technically a fire element and that's probably where my association with lizards are because i associate lizards as being dry and being in the desert or in a very tropical warm place So I guess at that point you can choose if you want to call them salamanders or maybe you want to call them lizards or whatever you want. I kind of go back and forth. But either way, they're cute because I am a reptile person, not just a crazy cat lady. So I went over some general details about the elements, but I also mentioned the elementals. What are elementals? So elementals are supernatural spirits that are associated with the four elements and can be called upon during magic or rituals to assist you or your group so again i'm going to start with the east and with their associations with the fairies in sylphs because they are associated with air you could probably find them or visualize them in the air or the winds or the clouds and they are associated with the mind poetry and art so possibly if you are a very creative person you might find an attachment to the fairies or air in general For the south and fire, there are the salamanders or your little lizards, depending on what you want to call them. They are representations of passion, drive, and your actions. They tend to be strong and quick as well. So it kind of ties into the passion and energy of fire. The next for water in the west are the undines and mermaids. You can find them in watery places if you live by creeks, ponds, or oceans. 
depending on what your preference is because I know sometimes people prefer lakes or creeks and sometimes people just really love the ocean no more. And then the last is my favorite because like I said, I am an earth element and also being a Virgo is very earth. And our, our friends, the gnomes, they are representations of growth and stability, mother earth, and you can probably find them in the ground or in your gardens or anything that you associate or earthly places around you. If you want to maybe connect with the elementals, I would suggest maybe going out into nature and just meditating and trying to get in contact with your elements. There are different oils and incense that you can maybe take with you or even if you're just inside your house, use oils that are associated with the elements. You can find those by doing some research because I'm not quite sure what the associated incense are, even though I know that they're there. Use the oils or the incense and maybe do some meditation and really focus on wanting to get in contact or visualize the elementals. For some people, they have an easier time connecting with them. For me, it kind of depends on my mood and how much energy I put into it, but I have always felt a little bit more of a connection to gnomes and possibly salamanders. And I might just be saying that because I have reptiles of my own, but gnomes are my dudes. They are my little friends and I have gnome statues in my place and I'm going to be that witchy woman when I get old that's gonna have gnomes all over her yard. So there's one last thing that I would kinda like to bring up in regards to working with the elements and the elementals. I would just like to stress, like really stress, the elements and the elementals are there to assist you but they are not your servants. So when you are working with them, please give them the respect that they deserve. When we are doing magic, they are willingly helping us if you offer them respect, but if you disrespect them like any person that you have in your life, disrespecting someone will not benefit you in any way. Might come down to they just will not help you at all if you do not treat them well. And the same goes if you are working with any deities. Any of these spirits that you work with, be nice because they are probably a lot more powerful than you. And we are just having them help us. So everyone, that is all I have for you today. If you are interested in getting more information on the Witch's Pyramid, you could probably find some articles and some books as well. There's one article that I did have up while recording this podcast. It's on patheos or patheos.com. It's an article called The Witch's Pyramid and it was written in December 18th on 2018 by Jason Mankey. If you have not heard of him or read any of his stuff, you should probably look him up. He is pretty cool. The books that I had directly on my shelf that I was able to kind of scroll through real quick that had information on the elements is Earth, Air, Fire, and Water by Scott Cunningham. Another one is Wicca for Beginners by Thea Sabin. The next one is Wicca for Beginners by Lisa Chamberlain. And then a little book. I'm not sure how much of this you guys might enjoy, but it's another book I did have on my shelf. But if you're interested in checking it out, it's called Wicca for Everyday Living. And I think the author's name is Anne-Marie 
Gallagher. So if you guys like this episode, feel free to uh, send me a message or just share this episode as well with any of your friends. If you are not connected to the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Cats Tea and Witch, on Instagram at Cats Tea and Witchcraft. You can also send an email to Cats Tea and Witchcraft Podcast at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you guys again next week. Blessed be.